You're listening to the Career Up Now Socially Distanced Close-Up podcast. Today, we're joined by Alan Harrison, who is the Higher Education Administrator Officer at Georgia Institute of Technology. He believes in making a difference by leading with character, integrity, and compassion. Alan, welcome. Today, we're joined by Alan Harrison, one of our favorite Career Up Now mentors who has quite the fascinating background and history from involvement in operations to nonprofits to academia to managing lots of money and people in his different roles and, and places. So, Alan, thanks so much for joining us today. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're all kind of hunkering down and trying to stay safe. That's amazing. So could you share with me briefly your story about what brought you to where you are today, not necessarily meaning COVID with the library in the background, but just professionally what your path was? So, you know, I started out in college thinking I wanted to be pre-med like everybody else, I think, and really got interested in biology and left sort of the medical field and ended up going through grad school getting my master's degree and ended up working in the disinfection industry for almost 15 years, industrial disinfection, some, you know, Legionnaire's disease, some of the things that you would be familiar with. I worked on in industry, you know, ways to disinfect and kill the bacteria and really started to grow in my position, became a technical director for a company, got involved more in the management side, the budget side, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Got laid off. I think it was the 2003 recession. They closed my whole division. And at that point, I made a change from industry to nonprofit and got a position with the Georgia chapter of the Nature Conservancy as their director of operations. And I really did budgets, HR, finance, facility operations, really kind of moved from that technical field into the operational field, and at the same time made the move from for-profit to non-profit. From there, I went to the CDC Foundation, which was created by Congress to help the CDC build public-private partnerships, basically, and my position there was similar. I was the VP of administration. Uh, it was about $8 million a year budget. I did budgets. I did HR. I did facilities, you know, the same kind of stuff. And, you know, did a couple things in between there. And now I'm at Georgia Tech and I'm the uh, administrative officer for the uh, College of Design, which is probably about a $30 million a year budget. So I get to move money around. Right now it's, it's find money during the whole COVID crisis and the recession and everything else. So I've been looking through the couch cushions to see, uh, to see where I can find dollars. That's so funny. I mean, it's definitely a whole new normal in this in this place, which, you know, being at a large university and managing something large, uh, the question on everyone's mind, whether they be students or parents or even myself, postdoctoral students, what does the future hold for academia with this new pandemic we're facing? So I think... It's fair to say that the nature of work is never going to be the same. I've been working completely remotely since March 16th and have been able to do all of my job. And I think the same thing is going to be true for the academic world. I think that people are going to learn that we can do a lot more remotely than we used to be able to. I mean, 10 years ago, if this had happened, 
we didn't have these tools. We didn't have Zoom. We didn't have, you know, blue jeans. We didn't have Teams. We didn't have all that stuff that we use every day. And we have finally been forced to take advantage of those tools and use them to their fullest extent. And I know even College of Design, there's a lot of hands-on stuff in design, right? I mean, architecture, they're building models, industrial design, they're, they're building uh, prototype equipment that they've designed, but they've been able to do a lot of that stuff virtually. They can do a design online in their CAD programs, and then they can upload it to the servers at tech and have it built remotely at tech. So there's all sorts of things that we found in terms of tools to let us do sort of our educational and research mission that I think people will continue to take advantage of now, we've, now that we've been forced to show that they're effective. Technology and resources are really what's helping people not feel so distant during this exactly. process. I can't, I can't even imagine what it was like and with the flu of 1919 where people were stuck in their homes and the post wasn't going and, and none of those services were there. It feels alone right now, but in past generations, it's, it's been so much more so. You've been in so many related, you've had a web of fields that you've been in and roles and positions. What's a mistake or something that you've had happen along the way that made you reassess? I think one of my biggest failures is that there was a time in my career when I thought I had to be good at everything. And every, every task, every project, every function, I had to be the expert on it. And, you know, I've learned over the years that I'm an expert at some things, but there's a lot of people that are much more expert on other things than I am. And the value of building a team um, around a project that is diverse, and I mean diverse in every sense of the word. People bring different ideas, different perspectives, different experiences, and those teams are gonna generate the best ideas and the best uh, results for whatever the project is. So learning that I don't depend on myself for everything, that there are other people out there that are experts in things is probably one of the biggest things I've learned in my career. I love that. I mean, so many of us try to be jacks of all trades or experts in all trades. And, and that's kind of the, the futile effort of the youth. Yeah, there's a lot of value to saying, I don't know. You build a lot of credibility with people when you say, I don't know the answer, but let me get the answer. Or I don't know how to do that, but let me work with my team to figure that out. People respect that. And no one expects you except yourself to have all the answers. So bringing that to the forefront and being honest with people, I think people respect it. I know I do. What's one thing that other than not being a ma trying to be a master of all trades, what's, what's one thing that you wish you had known before you started your career path? I think there are people in the world who say from day one, I'm going to be an engineer. That's what I want to do. I am just committed to being an engineer. You know, I'm going to be a physician. That's what I want to do. I think for most of us, we have interests, we have areas that we feel we're talented in, but that doesn't mean that you have to say, I'm going to be an X. I mean, certainly in college, if somebody would have said to me, you're going to be college administrative officer for a $30 million a year uh, college at Georgia Institute of Technology, I would have said, I don't even know what that means, 
let alone that's what I'm going to be. So being open to ideas, always kind of looking for your next job, always networking and talking to people about what's out there and what's happening and recognizing that there's just nothing but opportunities if you keep your eyes open. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Let yourself be open to opportunities. I mean, opportunities along the way and one's network and each of those different pieces really help drive not only who we are, but what we become in that process, which leads me to, to ask, what's one value that you hold dear that you feel is really important for people to have in their lives? So the world a better place. It's really important to me that everybody be treated with kindness and respect. I got asked the question by an old boss. He, he was my mentor for years. What's the one thing that really makes you angry? And it was when people are not treated well. I mean, you can treat people with respect. You can treat people the way you want to be treated in every situation. You know, I can go to somebody who reports to me and say, you know, you didn't do this very well, but let's talk about what we can do to, to get better at this together. What tools do you need? How can I help you learn? I can't tell you how many times in my career I've seen people, you know, berated or, de- or, or you know, degraded for, you know, mistakes that they've made. That's not the way to move forward. It's just not worth it. You got to get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and feel good about how you spent the day. That's great. And I love that that approach with teams and how you treat others, which leads me into my final question, which is a gestalt theory question. If you were a part of a bicycle, what part would you be and why? You know, in my career, my talent, my position is kind of being the number two guy, the guy that gets things done. I'd probably be a wheel. I'm helping things get done. I'm moving us forward. I'm not the guy sitting up there saying, look at me. I'm the guy to help move things forward. And we're going to keep progressing and we're going to get to our destination. That's great. Well, I feel like I've learned so much from you in this (laughs) recording and appreciate you so much for your involvement and want to wish you tremendous success and all your worthy endeavors. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the time to, to have this conversation.